Ten years ago, a film came out about a man with a pussy. About a trailblazer. Not only in the world of adult films, but in my career as a nurse, and then the type of nurse practitioner that I aspire to be. The film, Mr. Angel, is a documentary about Buck Angel. Buck Angel is my guest for this week's podcast. Welcome back to Agelust. Aging doesn't mean a collapse. It can be lustful, full of desire, wanting, and adventure. Agelust is a podcast about lustful aging, where we spark conversations, ignite passion, and expand your thinking about the wise years. My name is Jessica. I'm a family nurse practitioner with close to 20 years working in wellness. I'm also a certified menopause provider through the North American Menopause Society. And I coach people on stuff like sex, hormones, and mind expansion as medicine. And I'm so happy you're stepping into this adventure with me. So let me just first start by telling you, like, this is the most exciting thing. (laughs) Ten years. Ten years. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) Let me just tell you what I'd love to talk about. Yeah, sure. I want to talk about aging. Okay, great. And I want to talk about your transition, Mm -hmm. how you felt about your body then when you were 30 years old, when you were first transitioning, Uh how you feel about your body now as a 60-year-old. Right. I also (laughs) want to, and introduce you to people. What is your Um, circle? Your circle is... um... I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm biracial. I'm from Chicago originally. We do a little bit of trans medicine at my paycheck job. Okay. I actually have a couple questions from one of the providers there, but Cal and Lord came in to help us flesh out a program and see. And I learned about the term called queer spawn. Have you ever heard that? Queer spawn? I know there's always, (laughs) I grew up in Chicago. I'm originally from Chicago. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I was surrounded by gay men. That's that's like the first romantic kiss I ever saw was between two men. This is I went to the pride parade when I was like 11 years old. I saw men in chaps. It was, you know, that's Excellent. just how I grew up. Excellent. My father, who was a big slut my whole life, um, ended up having a a deep relationship with a man for 10 years, the last 10 years of his life. Now, I don't know if they were having sex, but all I know is that they spent every night. He, he is gay. Not my dad, as far as I know, but the, his, this became his life partner. They had dinner every night anyway. So when I heard this term, I was like, okay, Growing up in theater, growing up with the environment. I mean, and HIV and AIDS wiped my family out, just wiped us out incredibly. My dad at that time was paying for health insurance for all of his employees. Wow. And that was unheard of. Amazing. Wow. So he was paying like ten to $13,000 a month for people wow. to make sure that his employees were taken care of. Anyway, so wow. that's a little bit. So, so. I was first introduced to you in, I think when Mr. Angel came out Mm -hmm. 
I saw you and you made had a scene where you went to the gynecologist or mm-hmm. and you were yeah mm-hmm. and that was so impactful to mm-hmm. me thank you I want to be able to care for everybody mm-hmm. and from that moment on I just fell in love with you I just oh that's sweet thought, thank you thought you are just I appreciate that points in my professional and personal life on how to care for people. That's right. Now I've never seen any of your films though. You don't need to. The porn isn't for everybody. It's so yeah, I created the first sort of docu series around trans men. Yes. And uh, yeah, that, that was, I think my first film with that was like 2010 and that series did really well. I think I went up to four or five, uh, in that particular series. And then I put it on, it's on Amazon, but I took the sex out. So they let me put, and I recalled it conversations with trans men. So you get to see men talking about themselves, trans men talking about their bodies and themselves and connecting to it, which I think is really important on on so many levels. Important that people see bodies and that there's such a variety of bodies out there. Today, because I am an elder in the community, I did things way before the trans community became what it is today. You know, I was forward thinking. I knew there were going to be other guys like me eventually coming out and feeling comfortable, but not understanding on some level the health Uh, aspect of transition because we still don't talk about it which is shocking to me it's just shocking as you as a nurse even we you don't get the you don't have definitely the tools still I don't think you have the tools to sort of understand what transitioning you know that's why I fight with a particular part of this community around biology biology Mm -hmm. matters to us on on, so I don't care if you want to acknowledge it publicly or whatever that's fine but you need to acknowledge it on your own reality space if you don't acknowledge your biology you will not survive this trip in a healthy way you will get so sick and you will I almost died from atrophy and it's like such a profound thing that happened to me and and I'm like because of my biology not because of anything else and this desire to remove biology or that it's a social construct or that trans people are not, it's so detrimental to the future of our health. And it's it's shocking to me how I feel like we've gone backwards on on some level in our healthcare system with around trans space. (laughs) I get get really confused because I I like to listen to what the science says. And I do get confused because there are some providers out there and some physicians who are saying, oh, no, 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 biology is not a binary. And, you know, there are intersex folks, right? That is that. And also, let's just be real here. Of course, there are. They're always been there, but it's a very small percentage. And those are not trans people. Those are intersex people. Exactly. So you need to, so we need to, we cannot put those under the umbrella. And my intersex friends don't like that. They are completely separate than what I'm a biological female done. I'm not intersex. I'm not nothing. Yeah. This is all by injecting testosterone into my body. And that's, it didn't change my, my biology. It changed my gender uh, physically, but it did not change my chromosomes or my DNA. None of that gets changed. So that's sloppy medicine. And I'll be honest with you. I, I don't like physicians who say stuff like that because that's sloppy. That also doesn't live in reality. How do you get atrophy if you're not a biological female? How do you yeah. get atrophy then? I mean, let's just be real. Why, why is that so hurtful? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. I don't understand. Okay, so let me let me start with this question then. So this is a male, a man, mm-hmm. biological mm-hmm. man. And he mm-hmm. wrote and he said, honestly, 
because I said, can I use your name? And he said, honestly, my moderate position has earned me a lot of headaches in my life. I try and keep my public views pretty neutral. Unbelievable. But he said, I'd be interested in knowing how his own thoughts, meaning you, Buck, um, have evolved around challenges facing the trans community slash communities. Well, that's a great question. And I I think he knows what I'm going to say here. There has been such a divide in my community because some people believe that I am not a biological female and I push back on that. Some people believe biology is a social construct, which is completely insane. And some people believe that you don't need to have a diagnosis of gender dysphoria to be transsexual. And I disagree with all the above. You need to know all of those. It's the, the only reason I'm a transsexual is my biology. Because if that was the case, I wouldn't be transitioning. It's real. There, there, I feel like there's a lot of gaslighting going on here in our community. Mm-hmm. And there's one side or one side. And 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 so I'm I'm actually really disturbed by it, to be honest with you, because because there's no need for it. Number one. Number two, I believe that people are being pushed into a space that's not for them because now we have something called detransitioners and these dentists and whatever anybody tells you out there again i'm going to tell you factually what i know and i'm connected to many detransition these are mostly young girls okay who transitioned at 15 16 then by 18 19 realizing they made a mistake when they already did top surgery which is removing your breasts and injecting testosterone and contrary to what many people will say out there to you in the transgender community all of that is irreversible i wish they would stop saying that it's a lie why they're lying about look at me (laughs) look at me i used to look like you and this is not reversible you know, I might be able to shave my beard, but all the all the male characteristics that came are never going away. I'm 30 plus years on testosterone. So to the doctor who asked you that question, I believe there's there's a lot of deceitfulness, lying, and this desire to sort of manipulate and gaslight other people into accepting anyone can be trans. That's not true. Not anyone can be trans. This is not an identity choice. This is an actual medical condition. I didn't self-diagnose myself. I got diagnosed by an actual doctor with gender dysphoria. That's why I separate transgender from transsexual because I don't, I believe transgender is now an identity choice where transsexual is a medical condition called gender dysphoria. And that could mean many things. And so it's really, if those people want to play that game over there, that's fine. This is not a game. This is this is an actual condition I have been diagnosed. Thank, thank the goddess that I was diagnosed. The diagnosis helped me. It's like with anything, you get diagnosed, you kind of understand what's going on with you. Without my diagnosis, I wouldn't understand why I feel this way. And it's really helped me become this person and very grounded and very open to who I am and, you know, all the ways of being I am because I'm very honest in why I transitioned and why it makes me feel better to walk the world. I'm not a biological male. I'm a transsexual male, which is, you know, and this whole fight around women and what is a woman and why do we need to even do that? Because women and trans women are two different spaces. Mm. They're not the same, but you see, they want to take biology off. So that now you can make woman anything. And woman is not anything. Woman isn't a feeling. You know, I, I as a biological female also find that to be destructive to not only female space, but also to trans space when we don't acknowledge our actual real space. 
sense, then there's that a third space that is, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, that deals to... with gender. So, so, yeah. so here now you're dealing yeah. with someone's choice of gender, which, you know, yeah. you, you can't have a choice of your sex. You can't, that's not, there's male yeah. and female. That's the, and then you're going to say intersex, but that's, you know, let's just talk majority male, female biology does matter. Then you can go and these people can choose. I've chosen to live as male, whatever that means. Right. I, I don't know what it means to be a man. I just know that this presentation that I'm presenting to the world enables people to see me male. I never get asked my pronouns. I never get any of that. That's a transsexual person. I want to sort of emulate you. And I, and that's why I tell people like I coexist. I emulate a man. I am not a man. I emulate a man and I'm, yeah. I'm some, I'm a different type of male. And, and I think that's why, you know, the majority of the world kind of connects with me and they have no issues with me because I'm just saying, Hey, I know my biology and I'm cool with it. Yeah. And, you know, let's move forward here. How can me and you walk the world together without feeling, but, but the new trans uh, activism isn't wanting to walk the world hand in hand. They're wanting to dominate and tell people how to be and what to think. And that's not, that's not trans. That's some other, it's like an ideology or something. I absolutely see your point. And I think that there's something really important about diagnosis because you, you hit the nail on the head, right? When we have a diagnosis, like strep right. throat, right? That's right. You've got like this gunk in your throat and, and I say, I'm going to swab you for strep and I'm hoping it comes out positive That's because right. if it's positive, I know how to, I know how to address it. That's I right. I know how to make you feel better. You feel better. And it makes you feel better because now I know all I need is the testosterone. That's my medicine. My medicine. I got some surgery and I emulate walking the world as male. No one ever questions. I got my identifications changed. My life has been amazing up until the last five or so years when this whole trans activism came in and non-binary people. Now, non-binary is a choice. I didn't yeah. choose this. This is an actual diagnosis. And that's why people need to see, yeah, go ahead, choose being a, I don't care what you want to be, a pink dinosaur. You go right ahead, friend. But how is that in any way connected to me? You, you see, people yeah. like me are, are starting to up, or, you know, starting to speak up. Transsexual people are not feeling comfortable being put in the space with, you know, young people running around saying they're trans dinosaurs or trans dogs or trans, that's some stuff going on over there. And I do think, the mental space is being the mental, I, I, is it mental illness or is it, you know, mental stuff we're not dealing with? We're not getting mental health care. We're just saying, oh, anyone can transition. Anyone can say they're trans. And what, tell me this as a nurse, what other disorder or space can you actually self-identify it and get medication for? Is there any other besides well, trans? Well, alcoholism, you, you, right. Are you taking medication and are you moving yeah. forward in surgery or, you know what I mean? But that's a good yeah. point. Alcoholism. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Is so, so is it a disease? Uh, is it? I mean, I might, I might push back on you with that because, or is it a disorder? Because I, I 30 years of sobriety. Right 25. on. But but I'm going to tell you, I use cannabis and I've been yeah. five years using cannabis yeah. as, a, yeah. as my medication. Yeah. And some people will push back and say, well, you're not sober. That's fine. You know, I'm so, so long of my sobriety that it doesn't really yeah. bother me. Yeah. I'm very, very content where I'm at. You talked about going through puberty at 16. That's right. Yep. And before that, even your parents were, would talk about what we would call like a tomboy. Yep. When you were a kid. Yep. You didn't transition for another 14 years. 
When we think about now, the ability to transition is so much more accessible. And I'm talking about medication, top surgery, bottom surgery, whatever. Well, not, I I don't know so much bottom surgery for kids, but. Well, (laughs) yeah, supposedly, (laughs) supposedly it's not, but Jance Jennings got her bottom surgery at 16. I think it was. Yeah. So still a child. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that the brain doesn't stop growing till 25 and the bones don't stop growing as far as width until 24. Mm -hmm. So, but at the same time, when you were 16 and you talk about not even knowing what a period was, right? That just wasn't a a conversation in, in your family, in your home. Reflecting back, do you wish or that you had had the opportunity to transition earlier or... Well, you know, it's a que- it's a question that I get asked a lot because I'm not uh, supporting transitioning, medical transition of children. So I do get asked this question a lot because people are like, well, Buck, what if you would have had, you know, I always say in my story, and remember, this is completely now, I always consider things that far back a story. You can't change it. Of course, everyone could want to look and change certain things of their life. But today living as this person and I, I, I would say that all of that turmoil made me the man I am today and gave me, I have thick skin and I'm willing to take things on that not a lot of other people are willing to do. And I do think it's because I had, you know, what we like to call suffering or, you know, I had turmoil or I had trauma, whatever those things are. Now, now that being said, I didn't have a bad childhood. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't suffer. My parents treated me like Buck. They let me be that tomboy. They let me, you know, it was a certain times, of course, when we had to go to family functions or church, or I had to wear the dress, one dress I had, right? Because everything else was boy shit. But my parents would do that because I think that they felt embarrassed uh, about, about them raising me as a boy because they didn't get a lot of support from the people around. They were like, that's your daughter, not your son, shit like that, right? But but that being said, I I, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have benefited from it on some level. I think I benefited from not doing it in a sense that um, I got to have all these experiences in my life. And, you know, when you're 16, you don't care about getting pregnant. You don't care about having sex on some level, especially a girl. So you're willing to give all of that. That's why I don't believe a child can't consent to transitioning medically because they don't have any clue what that means to take your breasts off. They don't have any clue what that means to sterilize themselves with testosterone, which is what's happening. So of course, right? Let's just be honest here. Every 16 year old girl hates having (laughs) puberty, their period, their boobs. I don't know any girl that's like, yay. So, so I don't know if it's on some level, is it, is it actually giving somebody at 16 or 15 or 14, are they really being in, are they really having informed consent? Are they? Because I don't know if I would have made the right choice at 16, this, right? I don't know. I can't say so, but I can tell you that I had a lot of turmoil, but I like that I had it now. Looking back on all my life experiences, they have given me such a way of being that I don't think I would have if I didn't live as a gay woman for many years, if I didn't go through the AIDS crisis as a gay woman, if I didn't live butch and do the bad things I did or, you know, the suffering on some level mm. that I had. Cause I did, you know, I was a cutter. I was a drinker. I was tried to commit suicide a couple of times, but they weren't all related to my gender. They were related to me, not feeling like I fit in and they were related. And I don't know if that's my gender, right? Because back then they didn't have 
all of what they have today. And, but here I am, yeah. right? So that's, I think, most important people to see here I am. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. What I hear you saying is that all this controversy is around taking hormones. It's around taking medication. Yep. It's about, it's yep. about manipulating the body yep. in this permanent way. That's right. And you're not, not saying if your kid is trans, you should suppress it, try and change it. Not, not saying that at all. It. You're nope. saying absolutely go and do it. And this is, that's not changing. Let's just say it's not changing. So when they can have the means and the, the sobriety, that's right. To make that decision. That's right. Then why are we, why are we making the parents make such a drastic choice yeah. for a child? Now, if I didn't see one single detransitioned young person, I would not have this conversation. I'd be like, right on. This is working amazing. Let's keep going. But that's not the truth. The truth is we're seeing a tenfold amount of young people, 16, 17, 18, 20, detransitioning and telling me that they made the wrong choice because of X, Y, and Z, which is that they didn't have mental health care. They were affirmed the minute they said that they were trans, which is self-IDing. And that's the danger. I was never affirmed. I had to go through a major amount of, of mental health care, which people like to call gatekeeping. How is that gatekeeping? That is called safekeeping. I don't, there is a child can deal with it for a couple of years. Sorry, people, but they could deal with having their boobs or having their, you know, and now we have what's called TikTok and all this other stuff. You don't think that's on some level um, giving kids sort of this space to sort of indoctrinate other people? Because I do. I mean, I, they want to be part of the club. Yeah. I, I think as a, so I'm 51. I'm 51. I'm 60. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. But I look at I look at Instagram and I can feel like absolute fucking dog shit. <laughs> and right? Like here I am, I'm supposed to be a grown ass woman, yeah. right? And I can feel like shit on a fucking stick That's at right. the end of looking at this thing for hours. I'm not doing enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I'm not, you know, all of the things. So I look at and I have teenagers. I have three three kids. I look at them and, and you're a parent too, which I, I actually want to, I want to ask you about as well, but I look at their own struggles and just even what they went through with this pandemic and like literally going to the school of stupid, which means upstairs yeah. in at my dining room table, right. For yeah, a year. And who the fuck wants to be 16 and looking at your mother for your yeah. summer? Like there was no hot girl summer. There was nothing, right? Like that just was not happening. And so now it's like, let's in a way settle. When it comes to taking that time and that space, you know, we, as we've created our kind of, and I don't want to talk too much about my paycheck job, but we've put, we try and spread it out because it's, it's so accessible now to get hormones. That's right. That's right. And, and I think there's just something I want to, I use hormones myself and I have a reverence for hormones, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It can mess you up in either way. It, like, you know, it can, if I take too much progesterone, I can't function. I, I am just exhausted. I can't function. These are really, these are, this, these are medications. That's right. And 
I don't even want to hardly give my kid a, a Tylenol if I don't have to. That's right. But at the same time, I have deep compassion because I have friends who have kids who have transitioned and I've watched them. I've watched their struggle and the long process. And they went through a very long process to get to where they were. Okay. And they also have known some of these children from their infancy because I'm seeing them. I don't know if I would have made the same choice, but I also know that for them and that family, it makes sense for them. Of and course. that family, it makes That's sense. That's the thing. That's what I keep saying. This is an individual space. Number one, number two, why is this even a conversation with the world? If they would have kept the child stuff sort of more in a medical space and more, uh, you know, in, in our trans space, instead of putting it into the world and trans kids are kids and trans, that's what ruined everything. Now Trump got a hold of it. Everyone got a hold of it. And now all of these things are going to, the minute you put kids in any type of situation like this, people are going to think you're crazy. I, I I know two kids that totally transitioned as young people and they look like they're perfectly fine now, 17 and 18. Right. But, but there's always that, but how do we know what's going to happen in another couple of years when they start really growing up and they miss that part of puberty? Because the two kids I know were literally given puberty blockers. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't have enough research. And every time someone tells me, oh, Buck, it's only a pause. I'm like, I'm not even a doctor. And I can tell you right now, you cannot pause puberty. There's no way. I don't care. That particular part you're taking out is gone forever. Are you? Yeah, yeah you're picking up, but you're picking up after you took out a chunk of yeah, something yeah, yeah. that is very detrimental. The sterilization happens. And how do we make a choice of that? You know, I'm very pro-sex. And so on some level, a lot of these young people are going to be sterilized. They're going to not have sexual function. You know, these are important parts of being a human being. And who is it us? When you go ahead, ask a 10-year-old, well, you might not ever have a baby. Or They're going to be like, so what? Right? <laughs> they are. They're going to be like, so what? But they can't make that life-changing choice. And of course, I see lots of people thinking that they're doing the right thing for their kid. And I, 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 I empathize with them a lot. And, you know, it's not that I don't want somebody to transition who needs to, but I'm going to say it again. I really believe transition is an adult space. I do not believe children can make such a drastic and, you know, I don't know why people get so mad at me for it. I'm just wanting to have the conversation. Yeah. I'm not the end all be all. And I can tell you that many countries, Norway, Sweden, Finland, all of the ones who were doing it before us stopped. Tavistock went down in the UK. They're literally every place in the world is stopping what we are actually ramping up. Yeah. I mean, well, that concerns me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about talking to people, I actually saw the Prager, am I saying it right? Prager, yeah, Prager you. Yep. Yeah. With yep. Blossom Brown and, yep. I, and um, Amala. 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 Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Ekpanobi. Ekpanobi. I can never say her name. <laughs> yeah, Ekpanobi. Ekpanobi. Right. She's great. She, She's really and sweet. I was really impressed. So you know what came up for me when I was listening? The ageism. Constantly. I get it constantly, friend, constantly. You're yeah. old, you're an old porn star. You don't know anything. You're losing your yeah. mental ca uh, capacity. I'm like, what? I'm more sharp and more aware than I've ever been in my whole life. But I get the ages card thrown at me constantly. She started out, and I'm talking about Blossom, started out yeah. immediately with yep. talking about your generation. Yep, and she sure did. It was- She also called me racist. 
Well, I, I caught that. I oh, caught that too. I caught that. that. Is, and and yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> that and, is a horrible space to be in. Let me tell you, you know, you as a white person, you cannot, you can't fight that. You can't because what am I going to say? I'm not racist. Then I look like I'm racist. Well, but, you, look, when, oh, that, when that, she had zero receipts and she needed to not mm. even bring that up. And that was a I reach see. for me. It was stupid and it was very embarrassing. And yeah, but she pretty much took up the whole space. If you can't even watch it, it's two hours of her spinning out and saying the same thing over and over. You know, I, I think that you came across really very clear. And if people listen to you, uh, well, no, Bloss, no, no, no. Those are the trans activists that dislike me for many reasons, being right. that I'm outspoken about children transitioning, I'm outspoken about biology. I'm outspoken that trans women are not women. They're trans women. I'm outspoken about women's rights. I'm outspoken about sports and trans people. I'm outspoken about all the things I believe in as a transsexual person. And I'm entitled to have these opinions as someone yes. who's lived in this space 30 plus yes. years. But to them, I'm not entitled to it because I'm old. I have no. a different way of being. I'm, And I'm thinking to myself, well, really, that's very interesting. And other cultures, they look at people like me who I've experienced and actually are very respectful of me. They might disagree, but there's respect in this new trans space with the younger generation like that. There's no respect for the elders. I, but I feel like, I feel like that's just America in general. That yes, there's very it's little America. respect for, for older that's, folks. And that's right. And if we think about your generation, my generation, which I didn't, I don't really, I guess there's a difference because there's a nine year change, but I yeah. was old enough to live through ACT UP and the AIDS crisis. <laughs> I know, right. yeah, you were, you were older right. than me, right? You were yep. actually, I had, I wasn't having sex with people yet. Yep. <laughs> Yep. You were. I were. Right? I, I was. Yeah. And I yeah. I lost all my friends to AIDS. So yeah. yeah, it's very important part of the LGBT, you know, history. So so there's that. And there's also the fact that here's this here's this man who is a pioneer in the sex industry in porn. Thank and you. the idea of your generation, as if you're from 1952 and you're <laughs> some kind of Republican conservative. <laughs> I know. You know I'm like like <laughs> you are in Leave It to Beaver. I was like, the, uh, I make about, sex right? toys. I make porn. Yeah. I'm far from yeah. the right. I, I'm far yeah. from the right conservative. Yet I get called it all the time. Yeah. They, they, they hurl yeah. it at me like an insult. I'm like, first off, like, stop doing that because that's what's making the divide. Secondly, I'm a liberal <laughs> and these are my liberal thoughts. I don't yeah. believe children can consent to a transition medically. I think a child could consent to living like a boy or a girl 100%. They totally, I was doing that, right? And I yeah. don't see any issues with that. Yeah. I see issues with teaching 10-year-olds about pronouns. I see issues with people teaching 10 year olds that men and women don't exist and not everything is non-binary i do have issues with that because it's yeah. lying yeah. to kids and yeah. um as a, a, a dad who listens to everything that goes on at his school and i'm very i'm a, i'm very in attendance there and i make complaints all the time don't you dare teach my child about transgender stuff and i'm transgender that's my job not your yeah. job yeah i don't like that i don't like that they're teaching you know if you're going to put an lgbt flag in there you got to put other organizational flags in there you can't just have the lgbt flag in the classroom and no other flag that seems mm. very um indoctrinating on some level huh i you don't can't know. have one flag you can't yeah. i mean if you're not you know if anything it should be the american flag but they're not even having that anymore so then no flags are allowed why why are we insistent on teaching young people 
about LGBT. Now it's important, but I think it's important in high school and maybe even junior high, maybe 14, 13, when they're starting to understand sex a little more. And I do believe in sex ed for young, my kid is getting, you know, that now, because we have to talk about those things. Kids do get pregnant at 12 and, and even maybe 10, I don't know. It's kind of scary. Yeah, they can. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really yeah if yeah. you if you get your period at nine and somebody harms you that's why that, they got to talk about that and consent and that you can say yeah. no to people and you yeah. know it's and, and basically and basically uh-huh. attend like it is just a no just, <laughs> a, no. just a no leave it's me just, alone like no yep. no need to say it no need to say it really that's it's right. just no it, you know it's that's just right. like uh, if you don't know now no it's yep. always a no there's a certain <laughs> that's age. right there's, There's a certain no consent. age cutoff, and it's always a no. <laughs> That's right. Kids no, don't consent. Right. Yeah. They just, it's always a no. But I want to talk to you about your body and aging. Right. Are you still making films? No, no, no. I stopped doing no. films. I think the last film I did was maybe in 2000, gosh, maybe like 16 or something, just to make, you know, a cameo. And then they made like some movies about me. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to shoot porn anymore. It's a lot of work and it's not really my direction anymore. And so I create sex toys yeah. for, for many different types of people, which I love. I love, love creating. So the sex product I call sexual wellness products. I create lubes and all kinds of things like that. And I'm more of really more of a public speaker at this point and yeah. you know, talking yeah. about my transition and trans and sex and things like that. And my age, you know, as a 60 year, 60 year old transsexual man, been on testosterone for 30 years, I know a lot about vaginal health that many like women don't even know. Yeah. So, you know, I get to talk about these things as a, as a man. And I think women really in, are so attentive to me. It's crazy. My, my fan base has become like 70% female. It's crazy. I, and I want to talk a, about vaginal health because I want to get yeah. into what providers need to know, but I, I want to go back if you're comfortable talking about it, because sure. we go through these major changes with our bodies, right? So you were 16, you went through puberty, all of a sudden your body changes. Then you go through a second puberty when you're transitioning, right? Mm-hmm. Just really quickly, when you met that therapist who said to you that they believed you, mm-hmm. that you were a, a transsexual man, mm-hmm. how soon after that, how old were you then? And how soon till you started the medication? I think I was about 28 when I found the therapist because I had tried going through so many therapists. Nobody had the skill. It's a skill. And no one talked about trans, especially trans men back then. And so it was very rare. So through her, I finally opened up. She made me feel comfortable enough. I stopped saying I feel like a man because they would always push back on me. You're just a very masculine woman, blah, blah, blah. And And now looking back, I get why they would say that. But, you know, I was like, no, I actually feel like a man. And this one therapist, so by the time I told her, I think I was like 28 or so, it wasn't until 30 that I actually started to take the testosterone. So it took about a couple of years for us to figure out because there wasn't the internet. Yeah. And um, people need to really know the gift they have of the internet. I didn't have any of that. And we had to, I used a bookstore and then I found doctors here in Los Angeles who never worked on a man like me. And one of them called me a guinea pig. And I was willing to take it on because I was suicidal on some level at this Mm -hmm. time I was just not comfortable living as a woman anymore and being called a woman and being seen as a woman and 
So again, that's the whole point of what I try to tell you about being a transsexual. Yeah. I want to look and be a man. I don't want to be a trans person. You live in the binary. That I live full on in the, which is what transsexuals do. We transition to live in the binary and we transition to look and act and feel whatever that means, like male and female and not trans. The new trans is about identity, about non-binary, about not living in that sort of gender stereotype, right? Um, so, so yeah, so that's just kind of like where that happened for me. And my therapist was really, really without any skill level, she walked me through that and she stood by me, which I think is really profound. And now she's a big gender therapist. So you were 30, 28, about two years till you transitioned. Mm -hmm. You went through this second, the second puberty now, and we don't have to get into dosages, but I'm going to guess that the dosages that you take of testosterone, now they're if they're kind of standard, that's going to be the same thing that a cisgendered man takes when he calls up, when he calls up at like one of those companies to get his testosterone, right? Same thing. No, not necessarily, because you have to remember that I don't have testicles, so I'm not producing any testosterone. Very they're small not either amount. anymore. Well, um, that's once, true. But I think they that they start- treat- yeah, I think that they treat them a little bit differently. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure you can't mark. So you know, it's, it works out to like 100, 100 milligrams, milligrams or more. A shot, but, a shot or the cream. By the doing, time you've done that week. Oh, right. Well, that is a lot, actually. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's yeah. it's a lot, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what, what they're, and what'll happen, because right. I used to do that medication as well. Right. So mm-hmm. what'll happen is that the, the testicles will just stop working. That's like right. it's a wrap right there they shrink it's it's just not happening anymore but the point is that as we get to a certain and i bring up the testosterone and i bring up the medicine because we start to notice that our muscles are not as strong as they used to be we get softer in places even though you're taking the testosterone like how do you how do you how do you experience your body now that it's in it's an older body. It's an older. It's a great question. You know, I, I'm pretty fit for a 60 year old guy. I work out every day. That's an I understatement. Really... <laughs> well, you know, I really do. It's very important to me. My, my fitness has always been important to me because I really have really tried to achieve the most masculine space I could. That's the part that's very important to me. So as I get older, I don't, I want to be one of those fit older men. And I, I do think I have this new relationship with my body as an older man that is really awesome i i I don't in any way shape or form um miss that younger youthful space because i already did it and so for me it's like i'm the guy who always is challenge i like challenging myself and i also like growing and i also really believe it's important i have a huge um responsibility right now to stop ageism and to show the world that you know when i tell people i'm 60 they lose their shit <laughs> they're like what <laughs> no way i'm like yeah i'm actually 60 and they're like how and i'm like well i think it really is about here and about here and you know i i'm kind of immature for lack of a better word as for a 60 year old but i don't think that i need to act a certain way to be 60 and i think you know, I, I, I believe that you can bring youthfulness, if that makes sense, to aging. And you don't have to be sort of on the couch, oh, my back hurts, or that, this. You know, you can actually figure out how to continue to grow into your age and to make, make I want to be that Jack LaLanne dude. <laughs> For the young That's my people. goal. Yeah, That's he, my goal. He, he was even older before our time. <laughs> totally. He's on his way out when we, you were like, 
he was way before us, right? That dude did it though, didn't he? Yeah. He did it. <laughs> he really did. I mean, there's so I I have to say I'm very lucky because I'm I'm always I'm surrounded by really strong, youthful 80-year-olds, you Excellent. know. And so Excellent. that's so how do you feel your sexual self has changed as you've gotten older? Yeah, it's calmed down a little. I would say that early on in my transition i was like a pig that's why i did porno but yeah. that being said you know i i i and also i i have a partner a life partner and we're pretty much monogamous and but we have amazing sexual space and um i i feel content with my sex i feel happy i feel like i don't feel so much like i have to have sex every day like i did years ago and i feel very okay with that and um, i'm 20 years older than my partner uh, which is actually equals us out because her her sex drive is pretty good. And yeah. so mine is, so I think on some level where I'm not that crazy when I was 10 years ago where every five minutes. So I, I have definitely have sexual relationship with myself and with with my partner. That's very great. I'm a, I'm a huge believer of sex. I think the reason I am this happy guy is because I did sexually connect with the body and the genitals that I wasn't supposed to. But yeah. I said, what? I'm going to connect to these. This thing feels awesome. And why should I disconnect? Because it's not, I'm not a normal sort of male looking body. But I'll be honest, I've never had problems with people really wanting or having sex with me. And I think that comes down to me always disclosing and always being very honest about what's happening with me and that you won't see a penis when my pants come down. Yeah. Do you feel that the, do you feel that your sex life has the focus is more on pleasure and the all over sensation as opposed to orgasm. Yeah, totally. It's, it's not even about, it's never, you know, I always know that orgasm is the end of the sex. So I've always been this guy that says, well, wait a minute, we don't have to orgasm yeah. because when you orgasm, it's over. So why don't we like not orgasm? How about that? And always when I introduce that to my partners, they're like, thanks, especially because most of my partners have always been females, my intimacy space, not yeah. just, sex space and it, they've always been like wow no one's ever said that to me and it takes this pressure right this pressure to orgasm that we have that's so great i said if you're gonna orgasm you're gonna orgasm it's gonna happen and if you're not who cares it's not well maybe next time and i, I do think that's a big part of enjoying sex is not there's no ultimate goal here for uh for me and for you it's let's make it fun and do fun yeah. things and the feeling of sex is so amazing and getting to that orgasmic space to me is always, I love that feeling. And I also like edging. Yeah, edging I, is gonna, really, <laughs> I love it. Edge. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I love it. Yeah. And, I, and not a lot of people know about edging when you kind of teach them about it, they're like, oh, that's so fun. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Or, but edging can be like a little bit, you know, it is a skill. It's a skill that we it is. We don't teach the young people the skill no. of edging. No, we don't. It's all about orgasm. But then I hear now that young people are not having sex as much as they used to, which is interesting to me. They're not. Why? They are not. I. It's a fucking phone. Uh, it's a bullshit phone. So disgusting. People, they can't talk to each other. Wow. You know, young people can't have a conversation in person. Wow. They don't know how to do that. They don't know how to approach people. Oh my God. Well, we need so to bring they're back not having sex. sex. They're not That's doing it. Shameful. I mean, shameful. statistically, here's the, the good thing yeah. about it. Statistically, yeah. people who wait longer 
to have sex, right? So older, okay, okay. older emerging adulthood. Yeah, so yeah. Older, so not sixteen, but like tw- 18, closer 20, to 20, 20. 20, 20 yeah. Seem mm. to have longer and more fulfilling sex lives. Well, that's me. So, so I don't know why I was just saying that because I just started to remember I didn't really start having real sex until like 2021. You know, I did mess around with my best friend in high school because, you know, I was dealing with a lot of that and back in the 70s and trying, you know, thinking I was gay or whatever. And so it was hard. You didn't really talk about that. And I was a I was an athlete, so you definitely don't talk about being a lesbian. But yeah. but I remember I didn't really have sex until I was like 20 or 21. And I think maybe that's why I'm- It proves okay. it, proves it. Wow. It proves it, right? So, yeah. so when I do talk to young people and they have yeah. these concerns, I let them know that you know they're setting themselves up based on the numbers, right? They right, may be setting right. themselves up to have an awesome right. sex life, right? That's right, that's a right. Really like powerful sex life. I was just talking to a young person who is very concerned about um, sustaining erections, had no problem, have no problem masturbating. But mm-hmm. when it came to being with their partner, mm-hmm. the, who is who could get pregnant, mm-hmm. they would lose their erection. And I'd say, pull penetration out of the equation, yeah, like yeah, yeah. do oral, like figure it out other ways. Like have fun exploring each other's bodies because if you don't have that sense of trust and comfort, like what, what are we doing here? What what are we doing? That there's nothing worse than having sex and then feeling like, oh, fuck, what did I do? What did I do? That just erased all that pleasure. All that goodness is just like in the toilet. You had mentioned about the, the, the uterus and the cervix fusing together. Gosh, maybe I was like 15 or so years on the testosterone. And then these weird cramping things started happening right after orgasming. And they were so insane. They were like, ah, and I I would have to lay down for like an hour and like try to just let them just. So I started going to the gynecologist who they would not see me. They were completely freaked out. They did. It was insane what I had to deal with. And that's why I want the younger generation to know they have such a different world today. Like I had to be humiliated constantly. Like just, it was insane. So finally, you know, I found a gynecologist that would look at it and then they only did a pap smear which they should have been doing ultrasounds because you know pap smear only goes to it doesn't go into the uterus it only cervix area so long story short one day i'm working out and i lived in mexico for 10 years and i remember i was working out and i wasn't feeling good and then like literally i fell to the ground my partner at the time i had like 108 degree temperature rushed me to the emergency they they were like ah and then i i remember i'm like i have a vagina (laughs) i was like delirious and they were like what they thought i was totally delirious (laughs) and so anyway when they figured out that i was a trans man they had no these people didn't know what to do with a person like me. They'd never seen anything like it. So when they did the ultrasound, everything was twisted. Every They were like, what is this? We've never seen anything like this. Um, so I had to, to be three months on antibiotics before they could totally go in and give me a full-blown, I had a vaginal hysterectomy. And what happened was my uterus and my cervix fused. So it's not a self-cleaning oven anymore. So the uterus is shut off and whatever's going on in there is just turning into a gigantic Petri dish. And I became, it popped. It actually popped and I became septic. So I was septic. And they said, if you didn't come in five minutes more, you probably would be totally gone. 
And, you know, there's trans men out there who make videos about me saying I'm lying about it. And I'm just like, you people are so crazy. Why would you ever think I would lie about something so like I'm trying to help you all. So fast forward today, I clearly survived. But fast forward today, there are young trans guys who write me all the time and say, you know, Trampa, I have these cramps. I'm like, that's atrophy. I know exactly. I know exactly how to diagnose it. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to tell your gynecologist. And I made a pamphlet on a website called ftmhealth.com. And you can download that pamphlet and take it to your gynecologist. And they can say, I'm a, you know, I'm a trans man. And these are the things you probably should be, which is I encourage a ultrasound. So we can see. And do you think... Do you think that vaginal estrogen would have been helpful? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was the thing that they told yeah. me, like, if you would have been doing estrogen hundred percent, because that's the whole thing that like atrophy is no estrogen, yeah. right? When yeah. you put testosterone in a female bodied person, again, biology, then you're removing the estrogen that is so important for the reproductive system. And that's a hundred percent why it happened. They did not, because I'm a guinea pig. They did not even know when they put the testosterone in that the estrogen was going to lower. And, you know, they should have told me to get a hysterectomy a long time ago. Which is the thing, too, that we don't think about. We all, all human beings share the same hormones. That's <laughs> we right. all have the same hormones, That's period. Right. End of story. Period. It's just a different. So I don't want to take up too. Yeah, it's just yeah. a different. This is so That's great. Right. And I'm going to get that pamphlet. The other thing I want to talk about that you alluded to during that conversation with Blossom was you kind of slipped out there, not slip, not, it wasn't, it was a thoughtful thing, but you talked about the changes in your thinking, in your mind. That's right. A hundred percent. I feel much more for myself. I, I feel much more grounded. I feel, and I'm not saying women are uh, emotional, hysterical. That's not what I'm saying. For me, I was all over the place when I didn't have testosterone in my body. The minute I got the testosterone, it was like, it was like a calming. I was crazy before. I was a, I was out of control. I hateful, like just maniac, couldn't control myself. And then the minute the testosterone, it was like, whew, it was the opposite of what people think testosterone does. You know, it really calmed me. And so I, I felt like I could, th I do think in a much, I don't want to say rational. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just a different thought way. I don't come to it so um, stuck in my emotions anymore. I do know how to compartmentalize and I don't know if it's the testosterone. I don't know if it's just that I'm physically seeing the man I wanted to see. So it makes me feel better. But I'm pretty sure the testosterone on some level has changed my thought processes just because I feel that way. I'm not yeah. I'm not really sure what it means. I just know from my own 30-year-plus lived experience that I have become much calmer. I've become much more easy to sort of uh, not get riled up. You saw in the debate with Blossom, I, I'm able to sit and listen where before I would have been pissed and I got up and like you know but now well, you were to... pissed you were pissed. I was I you... was pissed oh but back in the day I would have punched her in the face today oh. I've learned to yeah today I've learned to sort of okay sit with it and let that person dig like with with cis men who take testosterone because it can convert to estradiol that's right sometimes that's right. i will see the opposite with them where mm. all of a sudden they are getting gynomastic so they're they're getting more chest and that's they're right. really weepy and emotional and that's then right. we have to we have to do something about that so it's yes it's, it's, it's again a very delicate balance i'm gonna let you go i do have one thing very important question okay 
So like, what's your favorite, like, what's the, what's the thing that you love about house music right now? <laughs> I'm old school. I'm not sure that I like the newer house. I like yeah. old G Chicago house, house, Chicago. Are you kidding me? That's where it originated from. Chicago house is the best. No, that that's where I come from, from that space. Remember how old I am? And I used to hang out in New York city at all the old school clubs and garage and, you know, all of those spaces. And uh, th that's where I got connected to that music before my transition and you know i i house music is the it's the thing it gives me chills and it me just me too i love yeah, to listen to what you play. So, you <laughs> so not only will you we do this again a part two but when you come to new york we're gonna go dancing I've we are myself. i've invited myself okay? oh no we're going I, I i have a buddy i have an apartment gives me his apartment there and i'm totally set up so i'm looking to get my dates for new york is that where you are you live in new yeah, york i mean i'm in the, oh. the bronx Oh, right on. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, no, we're yeah. going to totally hang out 100%. I would love yeah. to take you dancing. Yes, yeah. I cannot wait because I love house music as a Chicago girl. Oh, okay. my God, because it's the it, it it's music to, to me that just resonates in my body. You know, I remember back in the day we would dance for two days straight. We never left the club. Yes. We were just so, oh my God, it was the days. It was the dancing days. And I think people don't. So when I I introduce people to my to the house music that don't even know it, and they're like, what kind of music? I love that. And I'm like, people don't even know about OG house. It's so good. Yes. I mean, they don't even know about, you know, the thing, I, I like the thing that drives me nuts a little bit about the young people. And I love this generation for of a course. lot of reasons. These yeah. young people. I really yeah. do. Right. Yeah, I really do. But it's like, as if they don't know, like, do they not know who Sylvester was? <laughs> no, they don't, which is so sad. Oh my God. I'm like, you know, right. like even He's Grace King. Jones, right? Even Grace even, Jones. Nope, like, they don't. This is not, they, they did not invent the fucking wheel. They think they did, though. You know, they think they invented trance. They think they invented everything. It's, you know, but again, I got to always remember when I was 20, I was a little dick. And so it's just part of being 20. You think you know everything. Which is awesome, just right? Yeah, right. that's fine. Right on. Thank you. Good for the kids. Thank, Thank you, friend. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Just let me know when you want to put it up. And if you need me to help with anything, just let me know. Thank you. Okay. All have right. a beautiful day. If you want to get in touch with Buck, you can find him on Instagram at Buck Angel. You can also go to his website. The links are in the bio, as well as the trans care guide that you can take to your provider. It's actually a great guide for anyone with a vagina. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoyed the episode and you'll share it with friends, uh, people who might be interested. It's also very helpful if you subscribe on your podcast listening app and review us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. The more reviews we get, the more people will be drawn to listen. You can find me on Instagram at ageless.co. 
and I love to share ideas and hear about your lustful aging. And if you want to work with me, there are a few ways to do that. Ageless Labs will restart in April 2023. This is an eight-week program that allows you to create a personalized blueprint for your aging and menopausal journey. At the end of April, there will be a three-day live in-person New York City retreat. This is where the mistresses of the menopausal mind will be dialing things up a little bit. Well, a lot of it. And it's co-facilitated with another NP, Masha, who happens to be an expert in shibari, which is rope work. So we're kind of taking the kink to aging. And finally, I do do one-on-one -on -one work with folks where you learn about menopause and what might work best for your body, mind, spirit, and life in general. Check the show notes for links and more information. And again, thank you. Much love and lust. Until next time.